Hello again, Grap fans and Talkamaniacs alike. It is your boy, j Row here. I can't believe I said your boy, but anyway, it's j Row here. Uh, happy to bring to you another episode of Independent Thoughts. Independent Thoughts. Independent Thoughts. These are Independent Thoughts. Independent Thoughts. Sunday afternoon uh, for us Ontario folk. We are fortunate that tomorrow, Monday, is a holiday, family day, uh, which is not only celebrated in Ontario, but in other parts of the country. So if you are in one of those provinces, uh, I hope you enjoy it with your family as I plan on doing the same tomorrow. Uh, if you are not or are elsewhere and tomorrow is not a holiday, um, my sincerest apologies. Unfortunately, that situation is kind of out of my control, so there's not much I can help you with on that one. But, uh, be that as it may, that's not exactly why you came here to listen to me talk about holidays. No, 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 no. You wanted to talk graps. You wanted to talk wrestling, or hear wrestling, rather. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the independence and whatnot, so I am here, and I guess we'll kick things off with a little bit of uh, Ring of Honor news coming out of, well, our last episode was basically a review of that Friday night's Honor Reign Supreme uh, live free purview, I guess we'll call it. So the following night, Ring of Honor returned to Atlanta for a set of television tapings, um, and I guess I should warn you, spoilers, so if you don't want to be spoiled on what happens on TV in the next... Uh, couple of weeks or whatnot, I would say come back in about, uh, let's call it three minutes from right about now. So, uh, big things that came out of the taping. Uh, Flip Gordon and Shane Taylor were two entrants at the end of a battle royal and then faced off a few weeks later, technically, in a singles match to determine the new number one contender for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Flip Gordon did end up winning that singles contest. Uh, he will end up taking on the new Ring of Honor television champion, Kenny King, who overcame Silas Young to win the title during the tapings. Uh, the Young Bucks of Matt and Nick Jackson defeated Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky in tag team action. Uh, during the course of that, Cody came out to join commentary and had a bit of a stare down with the Bucks. Christopher Daniels would then run out to attack them while Adam Page made the save as Cody seemed to be slow to get up and help out. Staying with tag team action, the Briscoes, Mark and Jay, defeated the team of Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, and then they were attacked post-match by the current Ring of Honor tag team champions, the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, Adam Page defeated Christopher Daniels one-on-one, -on -one, and a couple of matches were made for their next uh, pay-per-view. Dalton Castle will defend the Ring of Honor World Championship against Jay Lethal, and Punishment Martinez will go one-on-one -on -one with the villain Marty Skrull. On that note, they then had a tag team match where Dalton Castle and Jay Lethal were victorious over Martinez and Skrull. Uh, speaking of titles, the Women of Honor Championship Tournament has been underway, and Tennille Dashwood, formerly WWE's Emma, was victorious over Stacey Shadows in a first-round match. 
which leads to the main attraction of the TV tapings, which was a five-man, uh, well, five-on-five, excuse me, tag team match as the Bullet Club of Cody, the Young Bucks, Adam Page, and Marty Skrull defeated SoCal Uncensored of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, as well as The Kingdom. Uh, so Scorpio Sky was not as part of this match. I apologize. Uh, Post-match, Cody then puts over everybody in the Bullet Club and adding that the Bullet Club is fine. However, the Young Bucks grab the mic and disagree, saying that as far as things are considered with the Bullet Club, they are only fine with Kenny Omega. They then take off their new... Bullet Club is Fine t-shirts they were given by Cody, and they leave only for Marty Skrull to follow them out, leaving Adam Page and Cody all by themselves. Uh, things continued on that note uh, going into the Australian tour, uh, currently underway with New Japan Pro Wrestling, but we'll get into that in a minute. I really think that this whole... Cody versus Kenny Omega thing for leadership of the Bullet Club is really, it, it, obviously it's going to come to a head in April at Supercard of Honor, and since we have another minute to talk about it, we'll keep doing that. Um, I think that uh, it's going to be a very interesting matchup, and where this leads to storyline-wise, does it mean that the Bullet Club is going to uh, pull apart completely? Does this mean that uh, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and the Young Bucks, and possibly Marty Skrull are going to become a new faction to kind of add in another uh, group of guys uh, feuding in New Japan Pro Wrestling and around the globe as well, but mostly New Japan and Ring of Honor, let's be real. Uh, that could lead into something. Could it be that the Bullet Club may just finally kick Cody out and, and send him on his way? Who knows? It could lead to a few things. Um, with still no word as far as right now goes on some of the mainstays in Japan for the Bullet Club, like uh, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, but uh, we'll see. And, and bad luck Fale, obviously, but that is continuing to develop. And since we're at our minute, let's keep on underway with some more news, right? So speaking of which, that's going to lead into uh, some shows for Ring of Honor coming up uh, at the end of the month in Japan. Uh, some of you may know. If not, no big deal. Here's some news. Uh, Ring of Honor does a pair of shows usually in Japan at Korokin Hall uh, under the banner of Honor Rising. They usually take place in February between uh, January's Wrestle Kingdom and then the next big event for New Japan in, I believe, late March or early April. So uh, those Honor Rising shows are coming up on Feb 23rd and 24th, respectively, and they are headlined by some big tag matches. Uh, night one will be headlined by Omega, Ibushi, and Chase Owens against Cody, Adam Page, and Marty Skrull. Uh, Hiroki Goto of New Japan will depend, uh, defend excuse me, his never openweight championship match against the Beer City Bruiser. Um, another six-man tag match, Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal, and Ryusuke Taguchi will take on the team of Jay White, Beretta, and Chucky e. T, representing Chaos. A triple threat in the junior side of things. Flip Gordon, Kushida, and Hiromu Takahashi will square off. And in tag team action, the Young Bucks will take on the team of Juice Robinson and Dave Finley. Moving on to night two, which is Feb 24th. That will be headlined by a tag match between Omega and Ibushi against Cody and Marty Skrull. Dalton Castle will defend the Ring of Honor World Championship against Beretta. 
uh, six-man tag as the team of uh, Jay White, Yoshihashi, and Chucky T representing Chaos will take on the Bullet Club configuration of Adam Page and the Young Bucks. Still in six-man action, the never-open-weight six-man tag team championship of New Japan will be on the line as Bullet Club members Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, and Bad Luck Fale defend the titles against the odd, I would say pairing, but the odd trip tripling? We're going with it. Of Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, to round out the card, the tag match between uh, Flip Gordon and Ryusuke Taguchi against Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi of LIJ. And in six-man tag action, Jay Lethal, David Finley, and Juice Robinson against the Bullet Club of Yujiro Takahashi, Chase Owens, and Hiku Leo. Which means that, again, this storyline of the Bullet Club splitting is very much in play, and that is going to carry through... I believe, all the way until, at the very least, Super, Super Card of Honor 12 in Florida. And I think, furthermore, this may continue on into the big all-in show uh, that's supposed to take place September 1st, although the location hasn't been 100% confirmed. But this is the big, you know, 10,000-seat arena show that uh, Cody and the rest of the club are trying to make happen. I believe Cody is spearheading it, right? He's kind of, like, financially backing it. So I would not be surprised if we see some, uh, some other popular faces. I would be very surprised if Stephen Amell doesn't make an appearance, because I know he and Cody are friends, and Stephen Amell has... Uh, uh, taking part in some Ring of Honor events before as a member of the Bullet Club, oddly enough. So that should prove interesting. I really hope, uh, I, I'm interested to see how this is going to carry out. It's definitely becoming one of the more um, attention-worthy stories in the wrestling world, not just, you know, on the WWE side of things. It's one of very few that's getting a lot of attention. Um, speaking of attention, as a matter of fact, uh, New Japan is returning to the United States um, in Los Angeles for Strong Style Evolved, which will take place on March 25th. And as some of you may have heard, that even though this gentleman made his return, well, to, I guess we'll call it mainstream wrestling, um, at the Royal Rumble, as a surprise entrant, uh, Rey Mysterio, fresh off of this appearance, will wrestle for this event and has challenged Jushin Thunder Liger for Strong Style Evolved on March 25th. I mean, it makes sense. It's in California. It's in Ray's backyard. And I'm surprised that, uh, I don't I don't know if this match has ever happened before. If it did, it may have happened back in, obviously, the mid-90s, you know, 95, 96, uh, during the WCW days. So it may have gone forgotten. But I think uh, this is going to be really interesting. It's, they're definitely hyping the crap out of it, uh, with the announcement being made in... In New Japan's New Beginning show in Osaka last weekend, Mysterio issuing that challenge. So that is going to be huge. I cannot wait to see what happens there. And furthermore, quickly to that part, I just, uh, I remember they did wrestle before in WCW and it wasn't just at a weekly show like a Nitro, it was Starcade in 96. So there we go. During that whole um, when they brought in New Japan, I think they had a New Japan versus WCW Starcade pay-per-view. I thought that one was 95, but I remember that Mysterio and Liger did wrestle in 96. Anyway, 
fun fact from a guy who knows way too much, right? So, for something not uh, Ring of Honor New Japan related, um, the guys at Evolve Wrestling had a couple of shows this weekend. Um, Evolve 100 was last night in Woodside, New York, and that show was available on iPay-Per-View through uh, WWN, the World Wrestling Network. I did not catch it, but I may check it out if I get a few spare hours uh, over the course of this slightly longer weekend, or what's left of it anyway. Um, so that show, spoiler alert, um, was headlined by uh, Zack Sabre Jr. successfully defending his Evolve Championship over Austin Theory by submission. Uh, Keith Lee was successful in defending his WWN Championship over AR Fox with the ground zero. Matt Riddle was, uh, was victorious over James Drake by referee stoppage after continuous repeated forearms to the face. I believe that match had a stipulation where uh, no rope breaks would be allowed. Um, the Evolve Championship match, uh, Evolve Championship, Evolve Tag Team Championship match, excuse me, went to a no contest when the Doom Patrol current champions Chris Dickinson and Jaka went against the end of Odinson and Pero. So that went to a no contest when all four guys squared off with chairs. So that's going to lead into something interesting, I'm sure, which will come to a pass at uh, uh, Orlando over WrestleMania week. Uh, in addition to that, Anthony Henry was victorious over Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, Fred Yehi was victorious over Dominic Guarini, and Darby Allen won a triple threat over Jarek120, who I believe recently had a tryout with WWE, good for him, and Jason Kincaid, so that should prove very interesting. I'm actually kind of excited when I heard that Jarek120 had a tryout, because here's a guy who's not only a professional wrestler, but a professional magician as well. It's an interesting, uh, combination of talents, so... I, uh, I wonder how that went. Hopefully we may hear about uh, some signing news. You never know. We'll keep it here and we'll listen. Now Evolve uh, continues this weekend returning to Maryland today uh, with a show that will be headlined by Keith Lee in a non-titled, no-holds-barred match against Tracy Williams. Uh, a special attraction match, Zack Sabre Jr. Evolve champion, non-title against Chris Dickinson. A uh, four-way elimination match with Matt Riddle, Austin Theory, Darby Allin, and Jaka. A uh, tag team match again with a bit of a grudge to it as James Drake and Anthony Henry take on the end. Uh, Fred Yehi takes on Shane Mercer. Dante Cabanero takes on Ken Dixon in a special MCW showcase match, plus three preliminary bouts as well. In addition, the general manager of NXT himself, William Regal, will be making a special appearance at the event. And uh, for those who are going to be in attendance, he's available for pictures and autographs beforehand as well. So moving on to more of the uh, the global wrestling scene, or at least sticking with the United States in this case, um, some of you may know, um, at CZW's Cage of Death in December, uh, Nick Aldis, formerly Magnus of Impact Wrestling fame, uh, challenged and was victorious uh, over uh, Tim Storm to win the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Yes, the NWA World title is still a thing. With Billy Corgan um, in charge of the NWA and, and running the NWA, he's definitely trying to make the NWA World title a thing as well. So Nick Aldis is currently um, in the middle of his Aldis Crusade with the 10 pounds of gold. So he's going around the globe um, defending his title in basic 
essentially an open challenge uh, against 20 competitors. However, there's a catch. Um, the challengers can only be those who have either been world champions or have defeated world champions. So the first challenger recently for the 10 pounds of gold that aired on... Um, uh, wrestling from Hollywood, NWA's kind of main uh, chapter, I guess, in the overall national promotion, was none other than a man who defeated AJ, or I should say, well, defeated AJ Styles before and came very close to beating him for the WWE Championship, and that was James Ellsworth. Uh, James Ellsworth was the first guy to challenge for it. He was not victorious, unfortunately. Nick Aldis did uh, win by submission via a cloverleaf. But it was interesting to see Ellsworth um, back in a ring making some kind of headline. I was um, a bit disappointed by his release, so I definitely believe this is definitely far from the end for Ellsworth, and I think uh, he'll be popping up on your TV screens again sooner than you expect. So keep an eye on that uh, that gentleman. He's got plenty of time left in his career. A long way to go. And to their credit, good on the NWA for doing something that was somewhat headline-worthy that actually made me pay attention again. I remember when I watched Cage of Death and I saw Tim Storm there all of a sudden wrestling Nick Aldis for the NWA Championship. I'm like, this is happening. This is the end of 2017, and the NWA World's title is not only still alive and well, I guess you could say, but being defended in CCW at Cage of Death. It's just pretty crazy. So good on them, good on Corgan and the NWA for for still sticking with it and slowly getting uh, their title and their um, their space in the wrestling landscape known again. Another show that I mentioned last week that I was looking forward to took place this past Sunday, and while it has not been released on their demand service, um, the folks at Progress Wrestling had their Chapter 63 event called Take Me Underground, and I am aware of the results. I'm, I look forward to watching it anyway, just because of what I've heard coming out of it, but um, basically for now, until that comes out, maybe next week or the following week due to the fact that um, they're currently taking a, a vacation of sorts right now before their next show, um, here is what went down last Sunday at Chapter 63. So the show in Manchester kicked off with Drew Parker defeating Spike Trevay um, to advance in the first round of their Natural Progression series. Um, in tag action, Tony Storm, the Progress Women's Champion, chose Charlie Morgan to team against Chikara and Nina Samuels. They were victorious, however, after the match, Charlie Morgan attacked Storm. Clearly, she wants a shot at the title as well. Uh, Mark Andrews defeated Flash Morgan Webster due to a ringside distraction from Vicky Haskins. Post-match, Eddie Dennis showed up and laid out Mark Andrews before the ring crew came in and pulled Dennis away. That story is far from over, and I'm actually intrigued as to where it's going to go, as I recently read that um, since his appearance on 205 Live, uh, continuing in the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, Mark Andrews is now listed on the let's call it the main roster page of 205 Live. So I hope that his addition to their main roster and more regular appearances on WWE programming going forward doesn't mean that this uh, storyline between he and Dennis is going to be 
brought to an abrupt halt. If anything, I want to see this go all the way into September when Progress has their gigantic show at Wembley Arena that hosts, uh, that can seat 12,000 people. I, I, I'm hugely looking forward to that on September 30th. I know it's a long ways away, but I can't wait. And with a bunch of big events coming up soon, like uh, Super Strong Style 16 in May, and of course the big shows in in Orlando, uh, Orlando, excuse me, New Orleans. I think I said Orlando earlier, didn't I? Damn it! I hate that I said that. I just automatically assumed that WrestleMania was in Florida, even though I know damn well that it's in New Orleans. So I apologize if you caught that. Good on you. Um, there are big shows in New Orleans in April. Uh, should be a lot of great big things coming out for uh, Progress Wrestling uh, leading into the big show in September. So back to the card. Um, I heard huge things about this next match. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tyler Bate had an amazing contest. So much like standing ovation and everything post-match. It's pretty amazing stuff. I believe ZSJ was victorious over Tyler Bate, but don't let that result distract you from going to watch the match. Apparently, this thing is insane, and I cannot wait. I'm sure you will hear about it after I have watched it. That much I can guarantee you. Uh, the second half of the show kicked off with Jack Sexsmith uh, speaking to the crowd and saying that Manchester was like a second home to him, so it seems fitting that when he decides to uh, cash in his championship title opportunity, he does it the next time that Progress returns to Manchester at Chapter 69. And that'll be when he challenges Travis Banks for the Progress World Championship. Oddly enough, he said that um, he could challenge for any title. That is the stipulation. He goes, could I do... Uh, he says, I'm, I'm, I am... How did he put it? This is uh, the, the pansexual phenomenon. He goes, I'm, I'm not going to challenge for the Women's Championship. Um, and as much as I could eat as many sweets as I want, there's still no way I'm going to get over 205 pounds in order to challenge for the Atlas Division Championship. And quite frankly, I saw the main event at Chapter 62 between Walter and Timothy Thatcher, and fuck that, mate, <laughs> which I can completely agree with after finally watching that match this week and, and watching the rest of that show. Walter and Timothy Thatcher, although they are stablemates and friends, damn near killed each other in the main event of Chapter 62 for the Atlas Championship. That match was insane. Walter lit up Thatcher like a Christmas tree with chops. It was violent. It was stiff. It was everything you would expect when you think of the Atlas Division for Progress, because it's all about big, big lads wrestling, and it's, and as they say, it's strong style, it's stiff as fuck, and that's what they specialize in. So that is not something that Jack Sexsmith would like to get involved in. Instead, he's going to challenge Banks for the World Championship in May, I believe, at Chapter 69. Uh, in tag action, British strong style of Trent Seven and the WWE UK champion Pete Dunne defeated the Brodux. Matt Riddle and David Starr. Um, speaking of Atlas Division earlier, Atlas champion Valter defeated Mark Davis of Aussie Open in a non-title match. And if you don't believe me as to how stiff Valter can be, I would go check out Progress's Instagram for some photos of Mark Davis's chest after his match with Valter. I feel for that dude. That hurt just looking at those photos. 
the main event was the Progress Tag Team Championship, and again, spoiler, 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 sorry, not the main event, I apologize, but spoiler nonetheless, um, the team of Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins defeated champions, the grizzled young veterans of Zach Gibson and James Drake, to win the Tag Team Championship due to help from Flash Morgan Webster. Uh, and then in the main event, the Progress World Championship in a three-way match, champion Travis Banks was successful in defending against uh, his friends and tag team partners from two different groups, uh, TK Cooper and Chris Brooks by submission via the Lions Clutch. So uh, apparently after the match, Banks gave both Cooper and Brooks handshakes. Brooks had offered one to Cooper, but Cooper slapped him and left instead. So that's the storyline that's going to continue, I suspect. If it's going to lead into Super Strong Style 16, I'm not sure. Is it going to go all the way to September? I'm not sure about that either, but uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. And on that note, uh, in seven days' time, Feb 25th, uh, Progress returns with Chapter 64 at their, their main house their main home, excuse me, of the Electric Ballroom in Camden in London, with Chapter 64, Thunder Bastards Argo. Uh, Travis Banks will maybe have his toughest task to date when he defends the World Championship once more against Matt Riddle. Um, given the show title, Thunder Bastards Argo, there will be a Thunder Bastard match as eight guys square off in hopes of becoming a number one contender for a championship match of their choosing. Uh, the Natural Progression series will continue with a quarterfinal match as Mark Davis uh, goes against Maverick Mayhew. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. will be in action against a big lad, Jonah Rock. Uh, and tag team action, the, the team of Sexy Star, that's Jack Sexsmith and Davis Star, take on the anti-fun police of Chief Deputy, Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales Santos Jr. I can barely get through that without smiling, sorry. And uh, there are some more matches that are going to be added afterwards, but that is the card so far. The show takes place next Sunday, and odds are you're going to be hearing from me with spoilers about that one until it comes out on VOD. Now, we're we're over 20 minutes in, over 25 minutes in, and usually towards the end of the show, this is the part where I would, you know, hype some local upcoming shows. And that's not going to change. I'm going to get there. But there was a show last night um, by AAW, All-American Wrestling. And while I would like to highlight the show, it's kind of hard to talk about the show without bringing up a very awkward um, event that occurred. I'm not going to get too much into details because, you know, wrestling Twitter is full of opinions and, and, and I don't know, tirades about the subject, and I don't want to get into it. So Michael Elgin um, has had a bit of a rough time, I guess you could say, but um, it, his involvement in some stuff has kind of made things very difficult for a lot of people. I, I Again, I don't want to get into detail, so I'm going to keep it vague. But essentially, what happened last night is at the AAW Showdown event, um, Michael Elgin became was an unannounced special guest on the card. Um, the, the show was headlined by Sammy Callahan taking on a New Japan star, Tetsuya Naito. So apparently, 
Elgin may have had something to do with the deal being brokered where Naito, you know, was to take place, was to compete on the show. And it's reported, again, don't take this 100%. I take it with a huge grain of salt, everything that I hear about this situation. I'm not even crazy about talking about it, but uh, that Naito didn't want to ride to the show with anybody else than Elgin because he knew Elgin, right, from their time in from New Japan because Elgin still works in New Japan. So Elgin brought him to the show, and I guess since he was there, they decided to use him on the show or, or what have you. The crowd did not approve. Um, first of all, like Twitter exploded when it was announced that Elgin was on the card out of nowhere. And by all accounts, the crowd turned very loud and volatile, and I heard it myself, chance of fuck Big Mike um, during his match, during the appearance, like pretty much the entire time. Um, some of the audience, from what I've seen, actually turned their chairs around and turned their back to the match that Elgin took part in because they're that upset over the whole situation. Now, if you want to know more about the situation and you're you're actually unaware of what's going on, I mean, Google search it, man. Like between Google and wrestling Twitter, you'll hear everything you need to hear about this whole Elgin situation. And I just think it's unfortunate. I think there's a lot more that they could have done to advise their crowd, their, their audience in, in, in ahead of time that they were going to use him on the show and give him the opportunity to like, no, can I get my refund, please? I'm not going to come to your show. But they did what they did. And I'm sure there'll probably be consequences to suffer. And they will be suffering those consequences going forward. The only drawback is that the other talents that work for AAW may also have to suffer because of it if people stop coming to the shows. So I hope this doesn't affect the rest of the talents, but it's the wrestling world is a weird one. And sometimes you just get caught in the crossfire when you have nothing to do with the situation. So just kind of, I don't know, if, if you care... Keep your eyes on the situation. I, for one, preferably, I, th I think this might hopefully be the last time I mention that name. I don't expect it to be, but it may likely very well be the last time I mention that name again. So anyway, moving on to good stuff. Um, so for my fellow Canucks within reasonable driving range, I guess a big show if you're going to be near the, in the Ottawa area, Coming up next Saturday, that's February 24th, I believe there are still tickets available. A combination, basically a co-promotion between C4 Wrestling and Femme Fatale present Femme Fatale 20. Um, that will be taking place at C4's home of the Vanier Columbus Club on MacArthur Avenue in Ottawa. Uh, the front row reserved seats, I'm pretty sure, are gone. Those are $30 per. General admission tickets are $20 per. Doors open at 6.30. There's a meet and greet between then and 7.30, and the show will start at 8. So this show is basically kind of a collaboration between C4 and Femme Fatale, as well as some different sponsors, NCW, High Spots, Heels and Faces, uh, Gracie's, Loot Quebec. Like, it seems like a pretty big show. I would like to go myself. I'm not sure if I'm going to be available to do so, but if you have the luxury of being available and the money to go and you have the time, by all means, what the hell are you doing? Go. Definitely go. Um, the show card definitely looks to be an interesting one, top to bottom. Obviously, if you didn't catch on by the name Femme Fatale, yes, this is an all-female card. Perfect. Um, a number of big known names are going to be there competing. 
Um, Alexia Nicole, who just had a, a WWE tryout as well, takes on Casey Spinelli. Uh, Stephanie Sinclair takes on Hudson uh, Hudson Envy. Excuse me. Um, Mercedes Martinez defends the Femme Fatale Championship against Vanessa Craven. Tessa Blanchard, Jessica Havoc, Britt Baker, they will all be in action. Like, this is definitely a big show if you have any interest in women's wrestling. So, um, definitely go if you can. No excuse not to. Um, if by chance I free up and I get to go, you'll hear about it. I'll, I'll definitely do a recording on the drive home and, um, and do that for you guys here. So, definitely, next Saturday, 24th. Vanier Columbus Club, Ottawa, Femme Fatale 20. Go if you can. Likewise, there are also some big events coming up at the beginning of March. I'll get into more detail about those next week. But um, if you're going to be in Ottawa, I guess the big show on Saturday the 3rd will be Acclaim Pro Wrestling. If you're going to be in the Montreal area, the big show, definitely a big show, um, IWS presents on FN Sanction 2018 with Rob Van Dam on the card. I did not stutter. Um, C4, back to Ottawa, will return on March 17th, and I believe the headline match thus far is Teddy Hart, yeah, I said it, Teddy Hart against Josh Alexander. We'll talk about that one more as more of the card comes out in the next few weeks, but there are some big shows coming up in the next few weeks and months, so definitely, uh, check them out if you can. Get out there. I mean, if you love wrestling and you're able to go, the best place to see wrestling is always live. And I've always entertained live independent shows far more than I have shows from the big company like the WWE. The only exception being the WrestleMania shows. But honestly, it's, it's a blast. Definitely go if you can. So um, that is going to conclude it for this week's program. Thank you very much for tuning in if you did. Um, I guess all I could say is if, if you have some time and you enjoy the show, or if you don't, either one, leave a review in your podcast service of choice. That's all I ask. If you feel it's a one-star show, give it a one-star. If you feel it's a five, give it a five, whatever number. They don't do fractions, but between one and five, you have some options there. Be honest. I appreciate it. Likewise, you can also hit me up on the Twitter, on the Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm easy to spot. Um, and of course, keep tuning in with my, uh, my main partners in crime, the main two guys of the, uh, of the team of Talkamania, uh, Desmino and J-Bomb. They'll be back with you very soon. So, um, until then, thank you very much for listening. I look forward to hearing, well, hearing you, seeing you. No, you're not, I'm not really going to hear you or see you, but I look forward to hearing your feedback. How about that? I'll bring it around and save it. I look forward to your feedback, and I look forward to bringing you more content next week. So until then, guys, I've been J-Ro. You've been a pleasure. And next week, we'll be back for more independent thoughts. Adios.